The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Media Mash, a roundtable of Cowboys insiders dropping wisdom and offering sizzling takes on the current state of your Dallas Cowboys. Now your host, Nui Scruggs. Here we are, Dallas Cowboys training camp in Oxnard, California. It is Media Mash episode number two. I'm Newey Scruggs, joined by Nick Eatman of DallasCowboys.com, Bobby Belt, 105.3 The Fan, and John Machota of The Athletic. So, the great Will McClay spoke to the media, I should say the writers, and the, the radio TV left out, so I'm out in the cold. Okay. So I need to know. How's that one-on-one you got with Jerry there? Matches. Good. Well, well, well make sure because I didn't. I don't think that's happened yet. Oh, I'm still, yeah. still holding out. Yeah. It all evens out. No, no, it doesn't. Oh. No, it does. It does, but that's okay. I'm not bitter like that. Yeah, you Sounds don't sound. Like you don't sound no, bitter. No, I'm not. At I'm all. not. I'm not petty like that. If I was petty, I'd be like Calvin Watkins and ran and told, told, told <laughs> PR, I couldn't make it there, and we don't. But, but we're no. just putting that out there, huh? Yeah. And we can't. We can't leave anything for. Are we, are no. we live behind the scenes? Yes. No. No, baby. That's the fun part of this. It's all love, as Clarence would say, right? All okay. love. I love the word petty. I've, I've heard that before, but it's okay. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I don't know what no. you're talking I'm about. Not, yeah, good. I don't know I'm what you're talking about, John Machado. What will McClay say? Well. One thing for sure is that they're not content with what they have at kicker right now. So they're bringing in four kickers. Uh, Brett Maher, who obviously be the one that Cowboys fans would know the most just because he had been with the Cowboys before. Correct. Can't tell you a ton about Cole Murphy, Matt Amendola, or J.J. Molson, but they're also in the mix. And, uh, you know, they're not going to keep – it's not like they're bringing in four other guys and then all of a sudden we're going to go out there tomorrow and there's going to be six kickers on the team. There's only going to be two. And so – that means if, if they like one of these guys more, then Jonathan Garibay's out. And I just think that that would be interesting because he was the guy all offseason. We thought, oh, this is going to be the guy that, you know, yeah. they signed him right after the draft. He, you know, he had the success at Texas Tech. This is the guy that's going to end up getting the job, you know. And now it's, it's, it's at the point now where you're like, I don't know if this guy is even going to be on the team in a couple of days. So I was checking out what Michael Gelkin wrote over the Dallas Morning News. Matt Amendola uh, hit 68.4% of his field goals with the Jets last year. Cole Murphy was with the USFL, hit 917 And then J.J. Molson, UCLA uh, grad, no NFL experience. So that's what we've got going on there. And then Brett Maher was with the Saints last year. And, of course, Cowboy fans know him very well. Bobby, what else was said? Uh, well, I mean, specifically on that, on that kicking thing real quick, the exact quote there from Will that I thought was interesting was, you know, the, we've kind of gotten the sugarcoating a little bit on, on the kicking situation every time we've asked about it. Will's direct quote was, the kicking hasn't been to the level that we want. And I think that that was the most direct thing there. Uh, he talked about a lot of the uh, undrafted free agents, impressive Marquis Bell, Dennis Houston. Everybody around here seems to be really impressed with Dennis Houston, the wide receiver out of Western Illinois and all the opportunities that he's been able to get out here um i gotta be honest like i haven't totally seen the dennis houston hype yet but everybody around here seems to be really really impressed with him and then he talked about tyler smith and how tyler smith has been really impressive with the learning curve coming along on the mental side the physical side and i thought the interesting thing out of there was uh you know we'd asked him should we read anything to the fact that Connor mcgovern is getting these reps first every single day and he was like, nope, absolutely not. He's like, that's just the way that we're rolling through the reps. Don't read into that at all. 
Nick, I want to jump into you mm. with this with the wide receivers and Dennis yeah. Houston. You've been out here talking with a lot of the a lot yeah. of the other players yeah. and quarterbacks and coaches about what they like in Dennis Smith from Western Illinois and uh, Western Illinois, which produced Rodney Harrison. Yeah, I'm. You just said Dennis Smith, Dennis Houston. Houston, I'm sorry. Well, I think of Dennis Smith, the, the basketball. Player. Yeah, yeah. No, no, and and I think that's. Thank you. No, and I didn't mean to call you out. I'm no, just no, no, that's He's true. still at that point. He's still undrafted number three. That's not going to be number three if he makes the team. I'm with Bobby on this one. I, I, I see him out there, and I, and I think he's really smart. And I know what Dak said about him, and so I think that's helping him. I don't see all these plays that he's making. Um, I, I again, I, I think Noah Brown has been has been way better. Um, I think I think Vasher is has been you know a little bit better and maybe Fajoko as well. So um, it, it's a it's a cool story, and, and, and you know, the, it's a tough position to play, especially from the speed of the game, Western Illinois. But I think I, I just I haven't seen it as much. What I see is him lining up with the first team, which means he's doing something right back in the meeting rooms, and he's doing something right. He's, he's where he's supposed to be, but we're not talking about leading off SportsCenter with, with plays. Here. Okay. I think, but I think what's interesting about that, though, is that that just shows, like, we watch this all the time, and, and we know football, but we also don't know on every single play – how many times guys run wrong routes. Right. Yeah. You know, it's not like they're going to stop the play and be like, media, uh, <laughs> over here, uh, Tolbert, wrong route. Like, we don't technically know. It all looks fluid because of what they're doing. But whether you're talking to Robert Prince, the new wide receivers coach, or Dak, or whatever, everybody says that he's always in the right place. Yeah. And if that wasn't something that stood out, like, they wouldn't, everybody wouldn't be on the same page right. saying this. So it clearly makes me think of, with especially young receivers, there must be a lot of times out there that we don't even know it, and a guy just runs the absolute wrong route and is not in the right spot. One of the 88s used to do that <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. I mean, yeah. it happened. One of them. I'll, I'll piggyback off what you said, Machota, because we had the opportunity to talk to the backup quarterback today. So I asked Will Greer. Uh, about Houston, and I also asked Cooper, Cooper Rush, and they both said the same thing. He's where he's supposed to be, and as a quarterback, that matters. And knowing that these guys had been working with him heavy um, at the OTAs because he was with the backups first, and then Isaiah Stanback, who also works here for DallasCowboys.com, had said, hey, Dak likes him. Dak likes him, and so if, if a quarterback likes a guy, he's like, that matters. And – Obviously, Nick, you've been coming out here forever today since they've been coming to Oxnard. We didn't see a whole lot of all Oxnard. Okay? Yeah, we have. We've seen some of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll always think of Danny Amendola. I mean, he's, he was the captain of my all Oxnard team, went out there to San Diego, dropped a punt, and just and, and didn't, you know, he just was not good when the lights came on. And so, uh, but right now, to me, Mr. Houston is on that all Oxnard. Weren't you right about Amendola, though? He had a nice little career. Right. I mean, you were right about him. Yeah. But it went, went from the Eagles, and the Eagles let him go, then to St. Louis, and then on. But he it bounced was, around a bit. Yeah, yeah. But it, it took him a minute. Yeah. But we saw were, him in the Super Bowl. I know that. Hey, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I was in Arizona. I saw him in the Super Bowl. I was like, that's that guy the Cowboys cut. But but just that whole thing of we we what's the uh, what's what? the word? anointing oil that Bill oh, used yeah. to say yeah. the anointing yeah. oil. You know, you know the thing is, is that you, you we could sit there and kind of press that even more. Like why why did they? Not keep him, and then it's like, well, you know, they kept Stan back, and you know, Isaiah's our guy. You know, that, that I mean, that was that's part of it. I don't even know some of the other guys. To was still on the team in '08. Um, I want to I want to say one more thing about that that McClay said I thought was interesting about Trayvon Diggs. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I know we talked this morning about Trayvon Bobby about you know this, some of the narrative here that he's given up plays or even gave up plays last year. What was what was the exact quote of why people say that and give. Digs a hard time. Clickbait. That's what he said. He just said clickbait. 
David Holland said, that's it? And he goes, clickbait. Clickbait. And then he expanded a little bit more. But, I mean, yeah, he basically just boiled it down to that's clickbait. People who are, you know, overly critical of Trayvon Diggs, that they're just trying to get their traffic and that it's it's not the reality, that, that he's as good as – as his accolades say he is. I know the, the people at Pro Football Focus do a, do a good job. They work really hard. I, I, my only point, though, about defensive backs is that there's no way they know what the assignment is supposed to be. They don't. There's no way. Preach. Yep. I mean, now you can say the, the guard, did he block his guy? Does he block him the whole game? I, I get it. But the safety, I mean, how do you know what his coverage was? You know, and how do you know what the cornerback is supposed to do? It's really tough to say that and and I don't think that their grading system is is fair I mean giving up a play and getting 11 interceptions I mean damn I mean yeah, it, what it is should, what is the interception like yeah what's the interception worth because it doesn't seem like it's worth it as does, much as it probably should be not, right because if it the, was then why aren't there other guys that have exactly. 10 11 interceptions you not know? not just the interception but also the like the two pick sixes and uh you know when Taking you their take away yeah, yeah yeah you take off you know field position and you know, the, these are – he was getting crushed while also at the same time, you know, there were two games last year where he completely shuts down Terry McLaurin, for instance, mm-hmm. and then he's – so. It, what do you I, think is Jefferson? What he did against yeah, Jefferson I mean, on Halloween on Sunday Night Football in Minnesota was doggone It's still impressive. Justin Jefferson's worst career game was the one he played against Trayvon Diggs that day. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think the – the criticism of Trayvon Diggs is way too harsh, and I think just some of those viral clips. Look, it's great that you know we get the access that we do, and that the fans get the access that they do, and we can share that on social media and stuff like that. But like, it needs to be put in context. A lot of times, they see that isolated clip and they go, "Oh, Trayvon Diggs is trash." And there's this whole chorus of people who are waiting to say, "Ah, I told you so about Trayvon Diggs." That they're jumping on at the first chance they can, and a drill that honestly is always going to favor the wide receiver. Those one-on-ones are always going to make the receiver look better. That's also a lot of fans from other teams because he's a Dallas Cowboy sure. that they want to point out, hey, look, this guy, your guy isn't as good as you Philly. think he is. Yeah, you can Just find. Just go the Philly, the Philly side. Right. Like, oh, he's getting cooked. He's barbecued out there. Wait till AJ gets a hold of him. I mean, the Philly fans are having a ball with him. A- absolutely. I mean, and you see it with, okay, so for what I see on social media, I feel like you see it most when it comes to the Cowboys on it's Trayvon Diggs or Dak Prescott because no one's going to say anything about Micah. Because everybody knows that Micah is just all everything. So they don't really they, – they find whatever Dak does wrong or whatever Trayvon Diggs does wrong, that's what a lot of the other fans like to jump in on. And the Cowboys have a, an enormous fan base. And so and there's, a lot of, there's a lot of people to, you know, poke and, and kind of dry them off sides, which you like to do. And Zeke Kelly, you know, Zeke <laughs> Not Kelly. necessarily with the Cowboys, but you have that in your personality a little bit. You like to poke. <laughs> that opening press conference. You're confusing you, me with my fraternity brother, Clarence Hill. Well, he does too, but that opening press conference, you – saying you, they look the same? <laughs> I have hair. I have no hair. Clarence is trying to decide whether he wants to keep hair or continue to lose it. That's why you're a good host for this, because you like to draw some people offside. You're good at it. I, I can't really think but of I, I, I personally that. love drawing people offside. <laughs> well, you me. do, too. Yeah. You do, too. That's true. I, I do. Look, I, I, just five yards. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, just back it up five yards. I, I, I look at Trayvon Diggs shutting down his Twitter, and I said to someone. Shut down corner. <laughs> Um, so, well, that means he's got rabbit ears. And I said, no, no, to me that means he's smart. Because if it's getting to you, I'd rather you shut it down than to go the, the Cole Beasley route. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just don't, don't even think about the Cole Beasley route. Go on the Taco Charlton route. Like, there are people in this organization that will tell you, like, Taco Charlton listened way too much. And he heard way too much. I'm sure they would have loved if Taco Charlton would have shut down his social media at some point like Trayvon Diggs just did. And it's like Trayvon Diggs said up there today when they asked about it. He said, it's toxic. 
Yeah. Just just as simple as Will McClay said, clickbait. Trayvon yeah. Dix was like, it's toxic. That's it. I I, I don't you need know, it. You know, worse than than Twitter sometimes is is people's uh, circle fr- friends. Their circle because yeah. they don't tell the story right. Did you see this guy was trashing you? He said this this and this. It's like, you know. He also said you were the best in the league, but you you missed this part. You know what I mean? Because they, they and and I think sometimes relaying the story wrong. And no, I didn't hear that. And yeah, so I mean that that that's happened for a, a while around here. Yeah, I love Twitter, but if I was playing in the NFL, there's just no way that I would have it up. There's just what are the positives you can get out of it? The positives I would say are probably. Really, to be honest, it's how Dak uses social media where it's like he'll put out some advertisement, things like that. He's not really trying to go back and forth. I know fans want the interaction with their star players and things like that, but for as many positive interactions as you're going to have with, let's say, a Dak Prescott, there's just so much more negative stuff to just try and draw people off sides and just kind of get under people's skin. I I don't see the benefit for a player in the prime of their career. I love that Trayvon Diggs just said, no, shut it down. No, no, No interest in it. And and if you feel it's toxic, if you feel it's negative, just get rid of it. Too many guys are concerned what other people are saying. And you, you truly, when you see the pros of the pros who do it, they don't worry about it. I remember a great line from Reggie Jackson, one of the all-time greatest lines ever. He says, you know what, they don't boo nobodies. <laughs> they don't yeah. boo nobodies. And so he's going to get it as a corner. You, you're going to have days where, you know what, you, you get beat. That's the job. The greatest have been beat. But you know what? If you feel like this may be getting you, turn that sucker off. That way you don't have to worry about it. Nobody in your circle needs to come to you yeah. about it. I think that's the other thing, too. you got to shut it down. Hey, you remember, I don't hear it. You remember that really good cornerback who didn't have any confidence? No. He, he didn't exist. He doesn't exist. And when they lose the confidence, that's the absolute worst thing. And, I, I mean, they, the Cowboys had a really good one around here. Um, Terrence Newman. Yeah. And I think one year – at the end of the year, his confidence went down a little bit. He ended up going and playing, what, seven, eight more years. He's a really, really good player, and it can kind of come and go. So I feel like that might be kind of happening with Trayvon a little bit where it's affecting his thing. I've, I've had a couple of interviews with him this year and this summer, and I can t- kind of tell that, that he's talked about that, and it bothers him. It bothers him what people you know say about him. But also at the same time, I think that that's something that – when, when you talk to scouts around the league when Trayvon Diggs was coming out, that, that sort of – it's different. There, there's a, an extent where you don't want him to have rabbit ears, but there's also a little bit of when Diggs hears the noise a little bit, it elevates him and that they, they like how he kind of internalizes some of that and wants to rise above. Okay, so let me stay with you here. Is this maybe a part of it's the first time in his college and professional career that he's heard the chirping? Ooh, no, I, I think no. he's. You, you talk to people who have, who, who did the work on him coming out of school. Okay. He's heard it a lot, all the way down to, I, I, I mean, he loves his brother, but you hear it consistently. He'll say like, "I'm not Stefan's brother. I'm Trayvon. Like gotcha. I, I am my own guy." And so he's heard it all the way. I think back to high school. They should call Reggie Miller. Should they? I mean, nobody ever heard a comparison. Learn how not to win a title. Well, but it was always <laughs> about his sister. <laughs> Even on draft day, I remember on draft day on TNT, they just said, you know, he's the best Miller in the family. He's not even a better player, for sure. It was his sister. And, 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 you know, the guy ended up having a Hall of Fame career. But he constantly lived with that was, you know, hey, you cook me. Man, man, you're not betting your sister almost because you said, I mean, that was the thing he dealt with. And and like I said, he, he, he ended up dealing with it. But this is a part of growing up. And that's one other thing that people forget. It's not like 
not like he's been in this game seven, eight, nine years. He's still a young player. And I just think for a second-round pick, the Cowboys hit fantastic. I mean, I mean, Nick, when's the last time they had a a corner this good that they drafted? Um, Mel, um, Mel Renfro? Mel Renfro. <sighs> I mean, Byron Jones was a, a He didn't take the corner. ball away. He didn't take the okay, ball away. Okay, okay. So in terms of taking the ball away. No, no, period. He was never. Byron Jones was no, never the corner. No, no, but Byron, Jones, Byron Jones played all pro level. He Terrence, was very, no, very Terrence good. Newman was better than Byron no. Jones. No. Tyrant. Terrence Newman was really, really strong. Terrence Newman was really solid. But, I mean, Byron Jones was an all-pro player in 2018. He didn't take the ball away, but they also didn't throw to that side. Well, look who was, look who was on the other side then. But it didn't matter. That it defense was Cheeto. Was, that defense was, was good. Cheeto. It was bad Cheeto. That defense was good in 2018. Mm. I, I, I mean, I, Byron Jones is excellent We in will have to agree to you. Ask folks in Miami right now. Of I, course, I, they I, did draft him via safety, though, so I don't know if that counts. <laughs> That's true. They didn't know what, <laughs> it took Chris Richard coming in here and say, no, didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to do with him. Uh yeah, Mel Redford. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I was thinking, oh, Dion signed. They've drafted some good signed. ones. No, they have. Newman, I mean, Skandrick, no. uh, Kevin Smith, Pup. Pup was, Pup, Pup was a good player. Yeah. yeah. Pup was a, so Okay, so, you know. But, but uh, you said this good, and I yeah. and I think, you know, I think they're this good, he, he was really good last year. I mean, how many touchdowns did Trayvon give up? Touchdowns. Like, that was you. Three? Four? Yeah. Being the Couple. Denver guy that just got hurt, he, he had a touchdown on him. I think Thielen turned him around pretty good. Uh, Patriot game when he had the, the pick six and they got burned for a touchdown. Yeah, right against him, Washington, so. against McLaurin, up, up at Washington. He McLaurin did. didn't score a touchdown against them last Are year. Are you sure? I, 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 thought, so. I thought McLaurin did, I thought didn't do anything McLaurin, in two games against no, them. I don't he think got he did. hurt actually in one of them, and then the second one he didn't do anything. It wasn't McLaurin then. It was a guy, another guy that went to Alabama. Someone beat him on a deep oh, yeah. ball. Oh, yeah, 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 right in front of us. In the, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Right in the end zone. It, it was another like, Alabama guy once. No, I, it wasn't McLaurin. You're, you're right. Exact, it was. You're, you're right. He did give up a touchdown. Okay, four or five. If you give up five touchdowns, and if you're, if you're getting twice as many interceptions as you're giving up touchdowns, I think that's a really good year. Can't complain. Can, cannot complain. And, and I go back to – I was the guy that thought they should have taken him in the first round. They ended up taking CeeDee Lamb that year and getting Diggs in the second round. So you end up with, with basically two first-round talents. And so far, in my opinion, I think they both played at first-round you know, first ability. These, these guys are really good. And uh, Jerry's going to – Jerry and Steven have to figure out they got to pay him. I mean, what, what do you pay him? And depending on the kind of season he has, if there's some regression, uh, analytics will tell you that there should be regression sure. off what he did last year. But I look at him as a cornerstone piece of this team and a blue-chip player on a defense that I believe only has two blue chips right now, Diggs and Micah Parsons. But they are keeping the powder dry, so to speak, because of guys like Trayvon Diggs and Micah Parsons and CeeDee Lamb. They know that those are three cornerstone pieces that they want to keep. They're going to have to pay those guys. Uh, and uh, none of them are going to be cheap. He can uh, get four. Um, go ahead, Bob. No, yeah, no, I was just going to say, and it's not just what he does on the field. Like, they they believe Trayvon Diggs is part of, like, the attitude and culture mm-hmm. adjustment they're implementing on defense. That as, you know, quiet as he is, kind of reserved as he is up here, he talks out there. They'll tell you that he talks out there, and he, he gets he gets into it with people, and that's the kind of edge they want on this defense, I think. I think they want more guys like Micah and Trayvon, not just their ability, obviously, but who they are as you know, players on the field, their 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 attitude and, and the kind of culture they bring. I mean, he gets let's say four interceptions this year. I'm like, what a huge drop off that would be. But he would go, he would still go into a contract negotiation maybe next year, averaging six a year. That'd be 18 picks in three years. 
that's really good. And 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 I think I think he would probably be the highest paid corner in the league. I and, I think. And the, and what's interesting about that is because you go back to Byron Jones. If Byron Jones was getting those interceptions, they would have resigned him. Sure, but sure. That's why that. That's why I'm just saying I'm bringing this up because I I think that Cowboys fans, at least some, could think that, oh well, they're just going to do what they did with Byron Jones and just let him walk if he wants to be amongst the highest paid corners. No, they'll they'll make this guy. No, 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 no. If, they, if they're, they're going to walk, I mean, Will McClay just told us cornerback is the second hardest position to play on the football field outside of quarterback, and he's like he's. You know, we couldn't say enough good things about him. If they wouldn't pay Trayvon Diggs because he's all interceptions and he gives up yards, and then they wouldn't pay Byron Jones because, well, he get, you know he doesn't give up yards, but he doesn't get interceptions, then they're telling us the only cornerback they will pay from here until the end of the time is Deion Sanders' clones. And I don't think they're real. I don't think that's realistic. I don't think that's a real position they take. Diggs is safe. He's going to get a second contract. Yeah, of course. They're, they're not going to let, let him walk out of the building. Even if they franchise him, you, you, you figure it out. And they're – you know, kind of lucky because you know, CD's got the five years, he's got the four, but it'd probably be wise to try to take care of both of those players at the same time if you can because the prices are just going up for all of them. Yeah, i got to be careful what I say here, but I think, you know, if you if you get digs locked up, you know, you could help yourself in other areas at other positions. You may be down the road, you know. That's why people are going to draft Bronny, you know. At some point, someone, so? someone's going to draft Bronny. In the second, late in the second round? I wonder why. It's the do same you, thing. Do you uh, want an assistant GM <laughs> along with the player? All I'm saying is, is that you know you lock up, you lock up uh, Trayvon, and Let's you see. might be able to get Aiden in a few years. You know, yeah, I'm with you right there. That's what I was saying. That's all I'm saying. Thank you. That's that's exactly what I was. You get the family, baby. That's there it. There you go. You know, it's just, uh, is there anyone else? Keep oh. it in the fa- <laughs> just the, fa- oh, the family. The family plan. There you go. The wasn't the old MCI friends and family. Was that the old plan back in the day? All right, Media Mass. Let's get our first break in. That's Nick Nick Eatman of DallasCowboys.com. You got Bobby Belt, 105.3 The Fan, and John Machota, the Athletic. I'm Newey Scruggs. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with pregame sideline access and photo ops with current players, cheerleaders, and cowboy legends. Want to stay at a team hotel? Attend the best tailgate party in Texas? Tour the star and talk X's and O's with me, Everson Walls? With Star Sports Tours, you can. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Brace yourself for an existential question. Has your butt been having enough fun lately? Have you been treating it well? Has it been going places? If not, then it's about time you start using SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best way to get your butt tickets to live events. Just ask the thousands of other butts who have rated it the number one ticketing app. So what are you waiting for? Download the app now or visit SeatGeek.com to get tickets to sports, concerts, and live events and make your butt happy. SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Attention Cowboys fans looking for the best shave of your life. There's a new official razor of the Dallas Cowboys, Shave Logic. Imagine not having to buy blades as often and getting more smooth shaves than your old razor, guaranteed or your money back. 
After more than 10 years of research and over 150 company patents, ShaveLogic is proud to offer Cowboys fans a special offer. For a limited time, visit ShaveLogic.com and get a free $10 gift card with your purchase. Go to ShaveLogic.com now for more smooth shaves guaranteed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. To Media Mash. Here we are, Media Mash, episode number two of the season live from Dallas Cowboys training camp in beautiful Oxnard, California. On the end, the first ever reporter for DallasCowboys.com. He is Nick Eatman. He's risen up. I never even thought about that. Yes, yes. Now, now that was. I mean, that's pretty prestigious. It's the. I'm just going to. Yes, thank you. Are you the first? Yes. I had a Mickey. Actually, yeah, and actually in – should I go there? Yes. It, yeah, it, let's on, go, man. go, go, go. It's 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 the, all the big four sports. It really is. The Yankees always thought they had the, the – they told Jerry Jr. this, we got the first guy. We started him right before our season in 2000. He's like, no, our guy started in 99. So we know he's the first NFL and the first over the uh, Major League Baseball. And then hockey and, and NBA, they didn't even have their own writers until, like, I don't maybe even recently. I don't even know if they still do. No, I think uh, like early 2000s, maybe. Yeah. So I mean, they're, they're, their structure was completely different. All the sites looked the same and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean. So you're the forerunner. He's yeah. Like the doctor, he's saying. like the Dr. Dre. Yeah, I he guess started, so, man. I, did, I never knew that. Team I will not be able to write an article because <laughs> I'm just patting myself on the back here. Yeah. That's <laughs> no, all good. But see, see, he's moved past. He's not just writing now. He's the, the director, right? Big, big I'm, Kahuna. I'm, uh, I'm How, a, a director. A director. Look at him and trying to remain humble. Uh, what, what do we have? He has tried. Well, not white knuckled this. Not the director. I mean, going that ten over there. What's the me. tag say? What's the title on the tag say? Oh, you know, badges don't really matter around <laughs> here. Um, Lincoln badges. Director of editorial <laughs> content. Oh, okay. <laughs> and 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 he's up for what th- two or is it three Emmys here in a couple weeks? God, you're doing it again. Four. Four. <laughs> See, look at it, baby. Look at it. So we we're, we're blessed to have Nick Eatman on the show <laughs> all today. Right. Uh, Bobby Belt, 105.3 The Fan. Got That's any, it. That's all you're gonna get. The man. <laughs> like five minutes was, of that. I was just saying, man. <laughs> we, got any, we got any exclusives here? No, 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 no. no I, I, I'm, I'm just trying to level up to Nick Eatman status. That's all. Oh, and. and we can rewind it back to like 7:15 a.m. this morning, where over in the fan tent, and I was like, he was over here helping me do this, do this, punch this button. I mean, he's got the behind-the-scenes thing working oh, too. I was engineering, yeah. yeah. I had to play engineer. I'm the only one left here for the five-tool player. Look at you, Bobby That's Bell. Five-tool player. Don't work without Bobby Bell. <laughs> John Machota of the Athletic. I tweet videos. That's all I do. Hey, man. <laughs> the best videos, hey, though. You know what, man? You, you That's my what guy. I do. I the absolute guy. best. John, you're my guy. You're my guy. I can, you're the only guy I can talk bas- college basketball with, man. Love you're it, the man. Only guy. Nick, whoa, you can whoa, talk with, whoa. too, man. Nick's got a good. Yo, have you met Rob Phillips? Okay. <laughs> um, I, oh, shit. The only guy, ACC basketball. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. See, we're, we, we are there. We're there with the Carolina Duke thing. Love so it. So, you guys, guys aren't there with that. So, so you don't. You don't love surviving advance as uh, as a uh, one of the best documentaries. It's nice, it's nice, but you know, for me right now, I'm just reveling in the Final Four, which yeah. has happened this year. 
You talk about petty. It wasn't. It I'm wasn't. living. I'm living petty beyond belief. Oh, right it now. wasn't just the final four. It was. It was the retirement party that y'all y'all put out there. <laughs> I knew this was gonna get like I just when I heard that Newey was hosting this show, I'm like, I don't think we'll be able to get through these shows without <laughs> this being brought up. You don't think Steve Dennis like took us in the dent, ditch a couple times and back out? Hey, let's yeah, let's, you're right, let's you're right. you know look look. We needed to get it out of the way. <laughs> That's fine. That's it. You know it's now like he's, Jerry. Now he's digging ditches. Well, it's like Jerry with with, with the, the opening press conference. Some things need to get out of the way. Urban dead. <laughs> I am merely Newey Scruggs. <laughs> So, offense versus defense, that's another thing that, that Twitter's gone crazy with. And it's one of those things where, man, I'm like, do I, do I fire back or not? We're out here. We see what it is. So, Nick, I'm going to start with you. Okay. Offense versus defense, what do you make of it so far? It's another director. Um, I, I, I like the defense. And, and I understand the whole part about it's, it's some, some things, some drills are easier for the offense. Sometimes when you're doing without pads and you're only going 50%, it's easy for the defense. You okay. get a guy coming around the corner and he's like, sack, sack, I touch, I touch you know, Dak's jersey, the sack. It's like, no, he's stronger than that. It wasn't a sack. But I think from the depth standpoint, O-line versus D-line, I think the D-line is much deeper. And I think you see it when you, when you get into the second and third team drills. Real quick, I just want to jump in. Bobby, I didn't want to cut you off here, but I just have to. I was talking about this the other day with somebody that I love doing the, putting up these videos, and I feel like one out of maybe 10 or 15 that I put up are of Micah Parsons, and I think it's because of the way that the style is played out there. Because if they were playing like in a game type, I think it would be once every five plays would be Micah Parsons oh, yeah. because there's just it is not conducive out there to really show you what Micah can do. And 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 just for an example, one play I think of all the time is when he came up from behind to strip sack um, Patrick Mahomes right before halftime in that game up in KC. Just a freak type. Thing. You're just not going to ever get that. And that's when he's at his absolute best. And so it's like you have this player who could end up being the best player and def- best defensive player in football this year. And we're out here, and it's like, yeah, obviously you see 11, all, but I don't know that you're getting the hype off of the actual like videos that a lot of people see and then the talk that we do. Like Today he had a nice interception on a one-on-one drill uh, where he picked off Dak and just great coverage and that. But I feel like if you're playing real game speed, Micah's got a highlight like that like once every like 10 plays. Yeah, I think Micah's been really, really good. It's just that same sort of thing where it's like, oh, you know, oh, it's a sack, and but they're going to keep playing through to the whistle mm-hmm. and and let the let you know let the play finish itself up. Um, but I mean, there he would have ended so many plays already True. if this was you know real football. But yeah, the defense has been ahead of the offense, but that was always going to be the case. The defense was ahead of the offense the second half of last year. The defense really didn't have any changes. It's the same unit kind of coming back together. They've got a you know different right defensive end basically but other than that it's the same group and it's another year under Dan Quinn and with these assistants and so they have the continuity that the offense doesn't have Dak's still in 11 on 11 is trying to hit these guys down the field and it's you know he's, he's trying to find that you know you know that connection it's it's like he talked about before James Washington got hurt he's like I was overthrowing him at first now I'm underthrowing him it's yeah. just trying to find that you know that touch and so I think they're still working that out so the defense was always going to be head but I do think the offense is starting to come along I think the last few practices, since they got in pads, I think they've done a better job. Um, I, I think specifically, even the days that the offense has had good days, though, I think the defense has been good. It's been about Dak threading the needle and receivers making tough catches. This defense is covering, that secondary is covering really, really well consistently from the first day of camp all the way up through, you know, the most recent pad of practice. I'll bring up what 
Danny McRae, former Cowboy Safety, who I do the Players' Knowledge podcast with here on DallasCowboys.com radio. He says one year when he was the Bears, he said, man, defensively, we were good. We were getting after the offense. We were like, man, we're going to have a good defense this year. And we thought, well, offense will come around. He's like, we won five games. <laughs> he said he just he said the whole thing where the defense ahead of the offense. Oh, we'll be okay if it's even out. He's like, nah, man, it, it just we we had a bad team, and we over you know we just kind of overlooked ourselves. And so he says that's his concern. But I, I do like to think, and I'm at that point in time. Where I trust in Dan Quinn. Yeah. And I do believe these guys. And, you know, for those you guys have covered this team for a while now, I've never seen so many players talk with so much confidence about a coordinator. I just can't think of the last time, maybe when Wanstat was here, and I covered that last that last year of Jimmy. That's about the last where I can think of. They whatever he was saying, we believed. It. They that were like that with North too, which was the same time though. I just talk about defense. Oh, on defense yeah. specifically, yeah. I mean, they uh, they liked Wade, you know, in '07. I mean, they and that was a pretty good team with a with a pretty good defense. Yeah, Zim Zim was pretty well thought of especially since it was thought that, well, you can't coach the 3-4 when Parcells got here. I, I mean, there are guys who who still from, from, you know, all the way back to the mid-'90s up through, you know, 06 or, or whatever it was his last year. There's still a lot of those guys that keep in touch with him. And, you know, we talked about Terrence Newman earlier. Mike Zimmer helped extend Terrence Newman's career after he left here. Um, I, you know, I, I think Zimmer's somebody who's similar. But, yeah, it's definitely been it's been a while. And I mean, I haven't been around as long as, as Nick has. I'm just I'm still getting used to the fact of the defense being better than the offense because True. I started covering the team in '11. So from '11 up until last year, you always had it was like Romo and Dez and Demarco Murray, and then it transferred into you know Amari Cooper and Dak and Zeke, and it was the offense was always like you would never even dare say like even if they had like one practice with defense, better be like yeah, well the offense will just give them. And this is actually a time where you're like. I can see this defense winning games for this team. Yeah. Gonna have to. Gonna have to. I was gonna ask you guys, um, when we were talking about, you know, Micah standing out, because they're not sacking quarterbacks, to me, Demarcus Lawrence has probably stood out most from the defensive line. Would you disagree with that? Or who else would you I, say on the defensive line has stood out to you guys? Edge or line. And either or line Odigizua. Okay. He I like he's consistently getting pressure, I feel like. Um, and then it's probably D-Law. But I don't know. Dante Fowler's really impressive. Dante Fowler gets off the snap quick. He is almost consistently, every time he's out there, he's the first guy off the ball. He, he causes a lot of problems. So, I mean, I, I think Fowler, Lawrence, Odigizua, they're the, the other guys that kind of stand out to me. Yeah, and I might throw um, uh, 92 in there, Dorrance Armstrong. I, I, yeah. I, I, he, you know, last year he had a really good camp. Uh, quiet, but, but, a, but a good camp. And I guess quiet season as well, you know, when you're just looking at Stats. His stats are very Career similar. Year, though. Yeah, similar to what Randy does uh, did, but he, you know, just doesn't give that that same excitement and and freakish talent that that Randy had, and that that's something that they are going to miss. I mean, I I I I, I think they will. We'll see who can do it. I mean, who can who can make that tipped interception that Randy did against Washington? That's the that's the type of play, like a really like freakish you know type of play. Tank. Okay. Uh, if he's healthy, if Fowler, he can. Fowler has the athleticism to do that. I just don't. It's a, it's a difference though between having the athleticism to do it and doing it. Um, yeah. But because I mean, it took a long time for Randy to translate the athleticism right. to the production, and that was for a lot of reasons. But you know, it, it took a long time before he was wrecking games the way that he had yeah. been. You know, last year, and so Fowler's the guy who though has those traits. Yeah. So let's bring it even to the end of this, which is really more important. 
can this D-line stop Leonard Fournette game one yeah. and Joe Mixon in game two? You're right. Because when you talked about how to beat the Cowboys last year, it was running the football. Run the football, keep Dak and company off the field, and wear down this defense. This was a defense that once they played thir- past 30 minutes, it, it wasn't pretty. If you can tell me what they're going to get out of defensive tackle, I can answer that question for you perfectly. If you tell me they're going to get something out of Bohanna or Ridgeway, uh, Neville Gallimore is healthy now. He obviously wasn't uh, at that time. He wasn't playing because the elbow is uh, Odigizua taking another step. What, where does Chauncey Golston finish? If you can tell me that they, they have the answers at defensive tackle, they will be fine against the run. I, I mean, yeah, but I mean, I think it's as much about defensive line as it is their linebackers, though, too. I mean, I think Jabril See, I'm Cox, pretty confident when, with the linebackers. No, but that's I, I, I am too, but I'm saying I think it's also going to be like, because they need to be better. Leighton Vanderus was not good the first half of last year. He's been great out here at training camp. He's moving around yeah. incredibly well. Uh, you know, they're still bringing Jabril Cox along pretty slowly, but that's a guy who his whole criticism coming out of school was he couldn't defend the run, really. And so, I mean, I feel good about it. I feel good about what we're seeing, but that is going to have to translate just as much, I think, if you want to stop the run. No doubt about that. The, the Denver game was won because Javante Williams was just wrecking them on second and long, second and 14. He'd get 11 yards, 12 yards, totally changed those drives and changed that game. And, and I think San Francisco game as well. You know, they, they got beat up in the, in the, in the middle there. And uh, I think that they tried to address that. We'll see. We'll see what happens, though. But you're right. Both of y'all are right. You, you know, that front seven. You know where where is and, and what does Anthony Barr bring to that? He's a big he's a big physical guy. He is big. I I'm noticing Ridgeway more since the pads have come on. Yeah. I'm, I'm noticing him more. You know, making things difficult, taking up two blockers. You know, opening things up for the linebackers. So Ridgeway is somebody that I, I counting on to 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 contribute in that. Well, Hannah's got to be better than him. You know, somebody somebody that we've heard of that we know that they drafted is going to get cut or traded here. I think they think Ridgeway's better than Bohannon. Right. And and so, I'm just saying that's a name that's, yeah. you know. And, and then we didn't even mention Tristan Hill. I think Tristan Hill flashes at times as well. But he's one of those guys that I'm not saying he's one-dimensional, but he, he can get up the field quick. But sometimes that's when your 12-yard run right behind you opens up the lane or whatever. It, it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough balance. Gift and the curse there. Chris, do we need another break? Okay, let's get another break. The Cowboys are going up to Denver for a practice before the preseason game. We'll get our esteemed panel's thoughts about what they'd like to see as the Cowboys visit Nathaniel Hackett, who's the head coach of the Broncos now. He's got ties to head coach Mike McCarthy. When we take this break, come back on Media Mash, Episode 2 on DallasCowboys.com Radio. Brace yourself for an existential question. Has your butt been having enough fun lately? Have you been treating it well? Has it been going places? If not, then it's about time you start using SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best way to get your butt tickets to live events. Just ask the thousands of other butts who have rated it the number one ticketing app. So what are you waiting for? Download the app now or visit SeatGeek.com to get tickets to sports, concerts, and live events and make your butt happy. SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a broken traffic light. Stop and go is the name of my game. It's easy. You go... They go, what was it? They go, you go? (laughs) And if you have the wrong car insurance, these repair costs could stop you in your tracks. So get Allstate's new low auto rate and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Not available in every state, based on coverage and limits selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Hey, Cowboys fans, if you're thinking about attending a game this season, visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. 
stay at the team hotel, have dinner with a Cowboys legend, and experience AT&T Stadium's exclusive VIP Owners Club. Also, tour the star, get autographs from your favorite players, and talk X's and O's with me, Mickey Spagnola. The official travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys will take care of all your travel needs. Visit CowboysTravel.com. But Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar. You no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups. So you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. Back to Media Mash. Media Mash, episode number two, coming to you from Dallas Cowboys training camp in beautiful Oxnard, California. John Machota of The Athletic. Bobby Belt, 105.3 The Fan, and Nick Eatman of DallasCowboys.com. Cowboys traveling up to Denver later on in the week, going to have a joint practice. Then they will have a game, preseason first game of the year, on Saturday. So, Nick Eatman. Take me into the Wayback Machine. Oh, man. 2008. Yeah, we did this before. Okay, and? And, uh, you know, anyone that was surprised about what they saw uh, from Miles Garrett and uh, Mason Rudolph, they should have been at that practice because Flozell Adams did the exact same thing in a fight against the Broncos, ripped some guy's helmet off, and then started swinging him. (laughs) And I think it was in Hard Knocks. Uh, and that just kind of – that's what happens in these things. It's a fight. The sad part about that was it wasn't the first time he's actually done that. He did that out here 20 years ago to Ebenezer Ekubon. And Dave Campo literally lost his mind. Like, he stopped practice, and, I mean, he was so upset. Flozell, yeah, he, Flozell had a mean streak to him like that. But that's what these things do. You – Bobby and I were on the sidelines the other day. We're like, we're about four, four or five plays from a fight. So close. We almost got with Jordan Lewis and CeeDee Lamb. So very close. And Vasher, Vasher had some, some things to say for one of the DBs. It's going to happen in Denver. It's just, hopefully it's controlled. Okay, so they've got a new coach in Nathaniel Hackett, but their last coach, Vic Fangio, at AT&T Stadium after the Broncos beat the Cowboys said, you know, we got the blueprint. Do you think anybody will remember the blueprint? Comets. I mean, he's gone now, but it's something that carried on. And what was three of the AFC West teams ended up beating the Cowboys yeah. last year. Um, I, I mean, I don't know that that'll carry over to that specific practice because that was something like Fangio specifically said. I mean, unless somebody just decides to, on the field, start talking trash and calling back to it, mm-hmm. probably. But um, otherwise, just like on its own, probably not. But uh, I, I mean, there's there's. Plenty of storylines there. I, I mean, Randy Gregory's not going to practice, but he'll be over there. There was uh, what's wrong with Randy? He had a shoulder surgery this offseason. So he's still coming back from that. Okay, so he's been on the pup list. Just kinda, yep, okay. yep, still coming back from that. Um, but yeah, you know that that was kind of where the season started to turn last year was Denver, and so I, I mean, there's a little bit of you know, there, there's a little bit of an energy there, I'm sure, for them, but. Uh, I, I'm I'm putting my money on John Ridgeway as the first fight we see <laughs> out there. I think it's cool that the Cowboys are going to bring those red, white, and blue helmets over there to, to go up against Denver this week. And they're going to do the same. No, yeah, no, get those Bicentennial no, helmets no, again. No. That went so well last time. <laughs> no. It's just kind of interesting that they're doing these joint practices because the practices are going to be more more interesting than those games. I oh, mean, yeah? for yes. fans, I mean, like yes. that's I mean that's true. Like the I want to see what a Dak Prescott is doing with Jalen Tolbert against another team. You know, like, mm-hmm. from what I've seen out here, it looks like 
you know, their camaraderie, their relationship has kind of grown, and it looks like they're on the same page, and the rapport is there. But let's see that against another team, and you're not going to see that in the game. The game is going to be, you know, Cooper Rush, Will, Will Greer, a lot of guys like that. I mean, I don't, I don't expect to see many starters there, but that's kind of where they want to get their work in is in that practice. Ones on ones. And, 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 and <laughs> it's so funny because it's like I feel like just from the, the times when other teams have come out here to practice, like, you almost are surprised if there isn't a fight when one of the teams are out there. Like, if it just goes smoothly and everybody just gets their work done. And, and, hey, maybe it happens with Denver. I don't know. But I'm not expecting it. Like, I'll be surprised if there isn't some type of fight, you know. And yeah, I, I mean, and, and for the social media side of it, there is a part of me that kind of enjoys it. As long as no one gets hurt. Yeah. You know. You know? Yeah. I mean. There's Sometimes a- you need Jerry, Jerry Jones to be having a conversation with Des Bryant off this side. And Des looks over and it's like, hold on, Jerry, I'll be back. And has to put his helmet on to go run out there and get involved, you know. Yeah, I, I'll be honest though. I mean, like, and we we kind of referenced it earlier. I think part of what they, the blueprint, if anything, Denver gave them was not schematic. The blueprint Denver gave the rest of the league was punch this team in the mouth. If you punch that team in the mouth last year, if you played blue collar physical football, the Cowboys struggled. And so, if anything, that was the blueprint they gave them. And so, they, I think, they really set out for the guys that we have this year. We want them to be tough. We want tough football players mean football players. I think you saw that with a lot of the guys they drafted, their first several picks. So I'll be interested to see what that collection of angrier football players gets you in a mixed practice yeah, for the first time. Denver did it, and San Francisco did it better. Yeah, you know They're better at that game than Denver was. Arizona played you physically. Kansas City played you physically. That was that was what they struggled oh, with the all Raiders. last year. Yeah. The, Raiders. The, the Patrick Sertan, C.D. Lamb matchup is one that I think will be interesting to watch in practice, and the Sertan thing, just because that's who the Cowboys wanted, and they had to settle for having Micah Parsons. So that's another one that I always think when I think of the Broncos. <laughs> Talk about sometimes the luck luck going your way. But look, Patrick Sertan is going to be a fantastic right. Pro Bowl player for a lot of years. I love him, and, and that was the guy I would have. But uh, could have told me Micah Parsons would, <laughs> would do all that he's no. – he just couldn't have told me. I mean, just what what an incredible – I knew it. Incredible weapon. Outside of Bobby. <laughs> yeah, that, I knew that, it. Well, two things worked out I actually great. projected 15 sacks. It kind of disappointed me. Oh, yeah, what you know. a bum. I, mean, I mean, think about it. If you're in the, the draft room and you're like, God, I can't believe those two corners left. We're going to have to go with Micah. And then somebody just said, well – you know Mike rushes the passer, right? He, he didn't do it last year, but Penn State was going to have him rush the passer. And, and, <laughs> Nick, and, they were even and, like, we can trade back even a spot if yeah, you want. Yeah, if you want to, we'll trade, with, with we'll the trade NFC back. East. Yeah. <laughs> and also, don't worry about the corners because Diggs is going to get 11 picks this year. So <laughs> Will, All right, Jerry, T? Okay. Will, Will <laughs> talked about that. Talked about how, like, yeah, we thought he could rush the passer just based off of the homework that we did and everything else. But he's like, did we think it was going to be to that level? No. Like, there were just certain things we weren't going to be able to know until he got there. But – you know, he talked about that, too, that, yeah, we thought he had the ability to, but, of course, like, nobody could have totally seen that. You guys think he has Bridge that success or... without Dan Quinn? Like, do you think Micah just has the same success in any team? Not with Mike Nolan, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, because, I mean, his, his pass were, I, I don't know that the, the previous regime even – Or even another team, I mean. Fire or that's some to pass. I, pass goes I, I'm just saying, I, I don't know that anybody else is even when, – when the defensive line room got so thin, I don't know that other teams – I think the majority of other teams would not have thought to even just put his hand in the dirt the second week out. Yeah. And, and so I think that that was a risky move that play you know, that, that went really well. But, I mean, he's – like, his sacks were spit, split pretty evenly. He got, like, half of them last year – hand in the dirt, half of them blitzing. So, I mean, they, they've used him the exact right way, and I, I think they, they're going to continue to get the most out of him. Ridgeway's a good uh, candidate for the fight, but Micah's not too far off of that. <laughs> I don't think he will actually sit there and, and, and get in a fight, but 
Well, it'll it'll kind of start there. He was he, he was annoyed. He was annoyed the other yeah. day out here at practice. Yeah. He was he was chirping at Scott McCurley, the linebackers coach, about how little the flags were being thrown. Yeah, for him. and Matt at Biotish, wasn't it? He was went into their huddle yeah. and you know Peacemaker <laughs> Tank had to kind of. Stop. He had Mike had a funny line when he was yelling, talking to Scott McCurley about the lack of flags. He's like, I don't just end up on the ground for no reason. Right, right. He's like, I don't just end up there. Somebody's think, putting me there. I think that's done by design. <laughs> I think the coaches uh, tell uncertain things, let the refs let stuff go because they know that Mike is going to deal with that. During of course, the season. we always know Jordan Lewis is ready to get chippy too. Yeah. So so if Mike. Uh, you know, kind of gets to Russell Wilson early, and then you know, you know how they the quarterbacks just keep on going. Yeah. That that could end up that yeah. could end up irking Micah Parsons, and 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 you know, we'll Ooh. see what happens from there. He hits I, Micah Parsons singing future songs on go, the ground. Go back to <laughs> draft day. <laughs> Bobby, stop, stop, stop! I'm done. Bobby. I'm done. I'm done. I'm Bobby, done. stop it! Stop it! Bobby, <laughs> stop it! Stop it! Nope! Stop it! Jeez. Stop it. You save it for the media master and you at Clarence, okay? <laughs> save it. Save it for that one. Um, when I think about draft day, how many Cowboy fans were bummed about Micah Parsons and weren't happy? also reminded me a lot of when Zach Martin was drafted. <laughs> I knew you were going to say they that. Wanted, they wanted Johnny Manziel. And, and I still think about how Jerry was out here in Oxnard still pining about Johnny. Still pining about Johnny. But I just think about that. Just like you think about the – why do we not hear that anymore? That as much about that story. What changed? About, something happened. Oh, oh yeah, I'm yeah, actually. Yeah, go I, I'm going to interview Zach Martin oh, yeah, later on right. here. I heard I'm going yeah. to ask him. I'm, that's the one that. thing I want to ask him is, did you ever track Johnny's career? <laughs> and and what did your circle of friends he says, say? I don't watch that league. <laughs> <laughs> he just pulls something. He's got a sheet like in his wallet. <laughs> if he just keeps tabs and stuff like that, he's like, what he's been doing lately. I do, I do wonder. Just like you know, I mean, you guys, the owner was pining for this guy, but th- th- he he was the only one, I- even in the room, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, Shazier was more the threat than 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 John. They wanted three defensive guys. <laughs> one of them was Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. Other one was Barr, and the third one was was Ryan Shazier. And the more the more you hear about the behind the scenes on that, the more you find out it it wasn't as close as. Jerry but, Jones likes a good story, Jerry, so he wants to kind of get that out there, get that, like, so people will always talk, oh, well, they might have done this. They weren't really that close to doing that. Well, Jerry. Jerry, well, Jerry was interested. But. Jerry, like, undressed Stephen right there, and, yeah. and yeah. he said, you know what, I didn't get to where I am making middle-of-the-road decisions, Laying and up. that's exactly what you just did, middle-of-the-road decision. You know, it's like just getting a seven-time pro bowler or all-pro. Hall like, of Famer. Oh, yeah, Hall of yeah, Famer. At the end of the day, that, that, that's like – I mean, think about it. So Aaron Donald and Zach Martin are two guys out of that class will be Hall of Famers. There's a couple other – one or two other guys out of that class are pretty good too. But Beckham, I don't know if I don't know if he's in the Hall of Fame. No. Anthony Barr was drafted before all of them. Good career. You, you know what? If you're the Vikings, you're not looking back saying, boy, he was a bust. No. Right. There's a, there a lot of good football players in that yeah. draft. So sometimes you just get lucky enough. But the Cowboys with Michael Parsons definitely have hit on a, a, a blue chip player, a special player. And if he stays healthy and as long as Dan Quinn is here and if Dan Quinn ends up leaving, because I thought Dan Quinn was going to get the Bronco job, but he didn't. But, um, you know, maybe you got to keep Joe Witt. Somebody can keep this thing going with Michael Parsons. Hey, look, fun times. Yeah. I appreciate you guys. John Machota, Bobby Belt. The first ever. <laughs> ever. Just the ever, first. Ever. The Dr. Dre of dot-com writers. He is Nick Eatman. Go ahead, take it, baby. Uh, see you before Slim Shady. We'll see you at the Go next episode. It. All right. That's the walk-off right here. Media Mash on DallasCowboys.com. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you,